Today, we are heading across the Atlantic to the offices of the National Federation of the Blind to Baltimore, Maryland. Chris Danielson is the PR director, and each month we chat with Chris and look at some of the big stories which affect blind and partially sighted people in the US. Chris, thank you for joining us. Thanks again for having us, Alan. Always a pleasure. So is it summery weather over there just now? Yes, it is. It's uh, getting nice and warm, getting ready for the, the swimming pool and milkshakes and all those good summer things. Sounds fabulous, Chris, but let's get down to the matter in hand. Now, normally we discuss a few different topics, but today, just for a change, we're going to concentrate on one particular item. Now, like myself, Chris, I'm sure you're a user of smart devices. And uh, again, I'm sure you'll agree with me that things like smartphones and tablets can really open things up a lot more if you're blind or partially sighted in terms of access to websites and apps. Well, they certainly can, assuming that the the websites and apps are designed for accessibility. I'm just using my phone for everything. I use it to uh, manage my uh, bank account and to check the news and to check the weather and even to book travel, which is what we're going to be talking a little bit about today. We've spoken in the past, Chris, about websites. You know, websites have always been topical in terms of good and bad accessibility and how websites should really be accessible for things like screen magnification and screen reading software as well. But today we're going to concentrate more on the apps. Now, we're going to be chatting about one particular app at the moment, Chris, but if we're just to look at the law, first of all, is that a bit of a grey area for apps when it comes to access? We don't think it's a grey area because stands to reason that if there are businesses on the internet that are public accommodations covered by our Americans with Disabilities Act, really you're just accessing those same services with the app. Uh, an app is a lot of times just another way of accessing the internet and accessing a company's internet presence in order to do something. So for our national rail service, Amtrak, you can make a website on amtrak.com, which is the website, but you can also make that same reservation on the Amtrak app. And in fact, with Amtrak, the app experience is a little bit better than the website experience. And besides, we're all using our phones more often. I don't believe that there's been a court case in the United States yet that specifically says apps are like websites covered by disability civil rights laws. So that's, uh, that's a proposition that we are putting forward in a current lawsuit that we've filed. What are the issues this time and who are the issues with? So the issues are with another travel provider, Greyhound. Your listeners probably will have heard of, but for those who are not familiar, Greyhound is the national bus company in the United States. If you are going to take a bus, which in a lot of cases is the most economical option for a lot of people, then you're probably going to take Greyhound. It's got service all over the United States and into Canada and Mexico as well. So uh, Greyhound has a website, greyhound.com, and it also has 
a smartphone app. And the smartphone app, as well as the website, uh, the smartphone app cannot be used by blind people who are using screen reader technology, whether it's voiceover on the iPhone or talk back on Android. We're not able to use the Greyhound app in order to book our travel. And the really terrible thing about it is, is that the the people who are participating in this lawsuit with the National Federation of the Blind have actually had experiences where they couldn't use the website. So they called Greyhound to book their travel and to say, we could not use the website. So we're calling you to book their travel. And Greyhound still charged them a so-called convenience fee for booking the travel over the phone instead of using its website or app. And I believe it's also the case that Greyhound, like many companies, you don't get the same discounts, the same promotions when you book over the telephone as when you book online. So we've actually got blind people getting charged for using the only method of booking a a trip on Greyhound that will work for them. Interesting you use that word, Chris, a convenience charge. Now, to me, it's more convenient to use the app because you can do it quicker and you can get perhaps, as you say, access to discounts, which you don't always get when you call a number. And we're told this so often that, you know, you can get great discounts if you do it online rather than call the number and wait in queues. It's unusual to call it convenience. So you're actually almost, if you're a blind person, being forced to pay more and not being given the same access to discounts. That has to be unfair. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's one of the, the, the real claims we're making in the suit. You know, a lot of times, I'm sure you have this experience, Alan, if I call a company to book a trip or to pay your bill or whatever, if you actually use the telephone to call them, there's an automated voice that tells you, did you know you can do this online? You don't want to hold. Please consider hanging up and going ahead and doing this online. And, you know, so companies are actually driving us to use their online presence and they're increasingly driving us to use their apps. And given that, it's really unfair for Greyhound or any other company to say, oh, well, if you can't use the website or the app because of whatever reason, and, you know, it applies to blind people, it applies to People, uh, it's fewer and fewer people, but there are people who don't have internet access. And we're in effect being penalized for not using the way that the method that the company would prefer that we use. And we feel very strongly that that bolsters our case here. So it's really unfair all the way around. Has Greyhound defended the, the app in this circumstance? Well, uh, they have not yet. So we just filed the lawsuit the week of June 12th, and Greyhound has 30 days from the date that we filed the lawsuit, at least 30 days to respond to the lawsuit. So it would be interesting to see what they say in their response. Uh, So far as I know, they have not made any public statement about this uh, so far. It would be good to hear if they got in touch and says, okay, there's an issue, let's 
work together to fix this because at the end of the day I mean you want customers to use your service you want them to keep coming back to use your service as well so it kind of makes sense for any business you know we're not just looking at Greyhound but any business to make their pay services fully accessible well exactly I mean particularly a company like Greyhound, hello, uh, blind people are a built-in customer base. We can't drive yet. Uh, we'll see what self-driving <laughs> technology does about that. But at the moment, we, we're not able to drive. We need alternative, we, we need, we rely on uh, alternative uh, transportation like Greyhound, public transportation. So hello, why are you making it impossible for a customer base that needs your service and is likely to use it much more likely than people who own cars for example and shut them out of your service and in effect make make us pay extra to use it i mean that's that's crazy you know we never file a lawsuit in the national federation of the blind without trying to talk to the company first and there are four uh or five individual plaintiffs that are involved in this lawsuit as well, individuals who are who are filing suit with us, and they have all informed Greyhound of this problem, and we haven't gotten uh, a response so far. So we're very hopeful that this will focus Greyhound's attention and we can get this issue resolved. Well, let's hope, Chris, when we come back to you, perhaps uh, towards the end of July, then you may have some good news for us. Almost out of time, Chris, uh, really interesting to go into this this uh, particular topic on its own. But if people would like to learn more about the National Federation of the Blind or its work or perhaps get involved in campaigning, etc., how do they do that? You can visit us at www.nfb.org. NFB, of course, stands for National Federation of the Blind, so it's easy to remember. We are all over social media. We have a Twitter account that is NFB underscore voice. We have our YouTube channel, Nations Blind. We're on Facebook as National Federation of the Blind. And if you have a question or for some other reason you want to send us an email to get a piece of information, uh, then you can email us nfb at nfb.org chris we'll catch up with you again next month in the meantime thank you for joining us on rnib connect radio thanks again for having us alan always a pleasure